Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old School Grit, New World Ideas, Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be one of my friends who's trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. There's a reason I end every show with the same message. There's always a bull market somewhere. It's because of days like today, when the market spent the whole morning drenched in red before rebounding, Dow ultimately advancing 37 points after being down more than 400 points, SME declining 0.39%, NASDAQ losing 0.10%. At the moment of maximum panic today, you were getting incredible buying opportunities. So you had to hold your nose and search for the bull market. Oh, I know it's hard. How the heck can you feel positive about stocks when there's a new, more contagious strain of COVID in the UK and our government's doing nothing to stop it? Unlike other countries, we're not even trying. There's no American travel ban on Britain. That's crazy. But on a morning like this one, you had to recognize that the travel stocks would indeed get crushed, putting pressure on the entire market. They are market darlings and generally spreading the air of panic. That doesn't mean, though, that you have to panic. Nobody ever made it done panicking. Instead, you need to keep your eyes open for potential opportunities, stocks that are being put on sale even though they don't deserve it. While most of these sales were temporary as the averages came roaring back, we know this kind of thing happens again and again and again, so you got to be prepared for it. And so in order to get you prepared, let me give you Kramer's Bull Market Somewhere handbook that made me feel optimistic this morning rather than scared because I was ready. It's the same handbook I've been using since I started my radio show way back in 2001. Step one, you got to look around for any stock-specific news you can seize on from the day before to make sure you aren't buying a turkey for Christmas. On Friday night, Nike reported a spectacular quarter with amazing digital sales, including some awesome numbers in China, 7 billion brand impressions on social media, and a new app, SNKRS Sneakers, that sells the latest and greatest special edition classic shoes. When the market's getting hammered, you either buy something like Nike or you, wa- you watch it to see if the averages can turn around. Worst case, you buy the stock and then it goes lower, which just means you can buy more into weakness. You can be fearless with Nike because you know they're doing great because they just told you that on Friday night. Speaking of Friday news, after the market closed, the Federal Reserve gave you, well, a shock. 
and the banks a nice surprise. Yes, there was a Christmas present. After a prolonged hiatus, they can repurchase their own stocks again. This one came out of nowhere. The banks have accumulated a huge capital surplus this year, but they haven't been able to reward shareholders for their patience. Now they can, and it is a game changer. As soon as the good news broke, okay, what happened? Well, J.P. Morgan announced a $30 billion repurchase authorization, as if they like, knew it the second was going to come out. Uh, Morgan Stanley chimed in, too, with $10 billion. Goldman Sachs jumped on the buyback train, too. I can't overstate how terrific this is for the shareholders. At a time when Congress is about to pass a $900 billion stimulus package, you could easily see the Fed continue its moratorium on bank buybacks. Uh-uh. After all, well, we could be in for, some people would say, a lockdown, and other people would say recession. However, the Fed knows the banks are brimming with cash. They've already passed the government's stringent stress test, so why not let them return some of their capital to their suffering shareholders? Again, on a bad day, you need to look for surprising pieces of good news that's exactly what these bank buybacks are. So when J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs temporarily pulled back after its, uh, this morning, that was a buying opportunity. While the bank stocks finished strong, the whole group remains incredibly cheap. And, and now they finally have a reason to go up. I almost hope the market sells off again, give you another chance to buy them in a weakness, especially Morgan Stanley, by the way, which is uh, zoomed on its buyback announcement, but more importantly, has probably the safest model of any of these I've mentioned. Oh, and let's not forget about the stimulus package itself. People were very concerned that Congress might not be able to pass anything. So when they finally wrangled together a $900 billion relief package, well, you can't just ignore it like it didn't occur. That's an unmitigated positive for both the economy and maybe for our uh, purposes, the stock market, regardless of the new COVID strain. So what works when the government gives us an extra $300 per week of unemployment benefits, along with the one-off $600 checks for every individual making less than $75,000 a year? Well, when you do, when, where, where do people shop when they get a much-needed windfall? Well, in this country, uh, among the many people who are not of, uh, of means, let's say that, well, they go to Dollar General. It's been a winner every step of the way. Again, any weakness is a buying opportunity. We know the big box hardware stores get a big chunk of the government's round of relief checks. That happened last time. This time should be no different. So you go for Lowe's and Home Depot. If the market rolls over tomorrow and they come down, you have to expect the analysts will start pounding the table about how these two hit it out of the park with the last stimulus. So why shouldn't it happen again? Step two in the bull market summer handbook. Look around for high impact research. What's the most important, most aggressive, most compelling upgrade you can find? Don't know which to go to? Well, that's why I do my mad dash and, and, and squawk on the street, trying to capture the most positive piece of research, or negative, of course, but positive, that could buck the downturn. That's what I like to do on these big down days. And it was Microsoft today, a fabulous support from Citi, arguing that Microsoft's Azure cloud platform could come on stronger than, than Amazon Web Services or Google Cloud. Those are the only real competitors. And that's a bold statement, backed up by a number bump for Microsoft's Office 365 business. Even if you didn't feel like buying Microsoft when it pulled back this morning, you had to at least watch the stock. Because when it turned around, the whole market rebounded from the lows. Microsoft, which opened down, finished up $4. That's what we're looking for. That's golden. Next, I like to look at the unseasoned stocks of newly publicly traded companies. In this case, I'm focused on the ones that also fit the stay-at-home economy thesis. We know those are doing well right now. Now, uh, aside from just stay-at-home, but I happen to like Snowflake. You know that. I like Airbnb. Snowflake's the high-flying data warehousing play where the estimates are probably way too low. Airbnb gives you the safest way to take a vacation during the pandemic because renting out an entire house and cleaning it yourself is much less risky than riding a hotel elevator with strangers. We will hear later on from Thor, which does motor coaches and RVs. They, too, are safe. Finally, you fall back on the bull markets that benefit from whatever's crushing the market. Today, listen, stay-at-home stocks. 
The new, the new strain just makes them more money. If you think we're headed for another lockdown, what do you want to own? Well, first and foremost, you want to own Roku. So don't overthink it. That's become the go-to name for almost everybody in this market looking for the right stock for a lockdown. DocuSign, that one's permanent growing like a weed. Let's watch the stock of Peloton. Uh, tonight, Peloton bought exercise maker Precor, uh, which could give it more staying power post-pandemic. And cause, yes, a short squeeze. Listen, I know this is not an easy series of checkdowns. I mean, you're not an NFL quarterback. But when the market rolls over on a day like today, you have to recognize that not only have you seen this movie before, but it's actually more like a long-running Netflix series. You're going to get the hang of it. Now, there's one thing you should never do when people are panicking. Never try to buy something that's down for a really good reason. You don't go after the oil stocks when oil's down. Last week, FedEx reported a widely panned number. So you can't even think about it, even as I was drawn to it. No. Here's the bottom line. When I say there's always a bull market somewhere, that doesn't mean it's always obvious. Sometimes it's less visible and you have to dig for it. But when the action's looking ugly, you need to dig harder because that's when you strike gold. Luis in California. Luis. Good evening, Mr. Kramer. How are you, sir? I am fine. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, My question is uh, regarding a stock that has recently fallen nearly 50%. Uh, from its all-time high, but it's, it's currently rising again. Um, I wondered if it's still a buy at this price, and uh, what your thoughts were on uh, Luminar Technologies, it's, uh, ticker L-A-G-R. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just wrote this up, and Ben Stoddard and I were going back and forth on trying to figure out the uh, auto parts manufacturing, uh, and you know what, I'm going to come back and say, why not buy Tesla? Uh, hey, by the way, the people who were saying that I didn't like Tesla in my tweet file, you're going to have a really miserable night and probably a miserable week because I'm not while well, I'm not vengeful. I'm not a sweetheart. Let's go to Matt in New Jersey. Matt. Booyah. What is up, Jim? How are you? I am good. How about you? I'm doing well. I, uh, I loved your interview on the Dave Portnoy show last week. And speaking of Portnoy, I love what, what him, Big Cat, and Ardini are doing with Barcelona and Penn. Yes. And people can talk all they want about the airlines and cruises for the reopening plays, but what about DraftKings and Penn? Okay. The U.S. hasn't even legalized mobile sports betting, and I think there's an insane growth potential here. And You're right. I mean, now, uh, just so we, people know, I do a program for DraftKings, uh, Bull Market Fantasy. But I think these are great opening trades, and they're both fantastic stocks. Again, you can say, well, Jim, you do a program for them, so shut up. Okay, but I, I have to tell you, it's a fantastic stock. I'm just going to say it. Penn National is incredible. And remember, they've got great uh, physical plant stuff, and uh, Nardini does a great job. That's obviously the person who works with Portnoy. And these are stocks I like. And, and, and candidly, I've liked them for so long. I don't want people to say, oh, my God, Kramer just got on the Penn National bandwagon because that would indicate that you're truly a moron all right there's always a bull market somewhere is my motto right because it's true it's not always obvious well if you look hard enough when things get ugly you can strike gold well mad tonight my excuse with the ceo of robin hood company has helped disrupt wall street bring plenty of new investors in the market but could its own model be disrupted by increased scrutiny i'm going to get the latest then as worries over the coronavirus rattled the average today is it time to circle back to some of the covid winners I'm lying four, as I mentioned a second ago, to see if the open road play could still pay. And I'm sitting down with the CEO of Agco to see which way the wind blows in the agricultural sector. And believe me, it always blows for the bulls. Stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. 
Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Looking for a rewarding, life-changing opportunity that enhances the lives of children in your community? With almost 50 years of experience, Huntington Learning Center is the nation's leading K-12 tutoring and test prep franchise. Dedicated to shaping brighter futures for our students and franchisees, Huntington is the top revenue-producing supplemental education franchise in the U.S., and our proven system is the key to success for you and your students. The Huntington Advantage includes low startup cost, turnkey systems, dedicated support teams, national and local marketing support, and multiple revenue streams to help you build a life-enriching and profitable business. No education experience needed. In today's environment, the need for tutoring has never been greater. When you become part of Huntington Learning Center, you're filling an urgent need in the growing $5 billion supplemental education industry. To learn more, visit HuntingtonFranchise.com. Make a meaningful difference, pursue your dreams of business ownership, and be a positive force in your community. Don't wait. Visit HuntingtonFranchise.com today. There's been a fundamental change in the stock market this year. I'm talking about Stock Wars, Episode 6, The Return of the Individual Investor. After decades of hearing that index funds were the only responsible way to play the market, we've got a new generation of stock pickers, thanks largely to Robinhood, the revolutionary online brokerage that ushered in the age of commission-free trading. These guys have joined in millions and millions of younger investors, but now their platform's gotten so large that it's attracting more regulatory scrutiny, as you can expect. Last Wednesday, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts filed a complaint accusing Robinhood of using predatory marketing on inexperienced investors, especially with options trading. I think it's a stretch. The company denies the allegations. But this is what happens when you get big. The very next day, we learned that the company reached a settlement with the SEC over, quote, material misrepresentations and omissions by Robinhood related to its revenue sources, end quote, although this is all old stuff. The actual settlement, I thought, was just a pittance. Even with the regulators chasing them down uh, like some sort of modern-day sheriff of Nottingham, the company keeps innovating. Today, they rolled out a new feature, Robinhood Recap, which is a spotify rap style year-in-review feature that takes users through their most notable investing moments for the past year. Plus, we're still hearing rumors of an early 2021 IPO, which you know they can't talk about. So let's check in with Vlad Tenev. He's the co-founder and CEO of Robinhood. Find out where his revolutionary business is headed. Mr. Tenev, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you for having me, Jim. Always a pleasure to be with you. Well, Vlad, we're hearing that it's possible you may have as many as 16 million people who now are on Robinhood. Is that possibly true? <laughs> I, I can't comment on, on those specific numbers, but uh, as, as you mentioned, it's been uh, 2020 has been a, a year uh, filled with uncertainty for a lot of our customers. Um, and, you know, we're excited today to share more about how people use Robinhood in 2020. Uh, as you mentioned, we, we created Robinhood Recap, which we're really excited about. Uh, as you mentioned, just like you might be curious about your listening habits or how committed you were to your exercise bike this year, uh, with our Robinhood Recap, customers can get timely information and insights to reflect on the steps they took as investors. Um, it's a delightful way to take a pause, learn more about yourself, and think about your activity. Um, we also published our year in review, which is a founder letter, and we shared some of the amazing achievements and milestones we reached this year, including over 3.2 million people reading our educational articles through Learn, which 
uh, daily visits to that increased uh, over 260% since January. And as I've uh, talked on your show before, uh, we've done a lot of work to help uh, new investors uh, meet their financial goals through rolling out fractional shares, which more than 2 million customers use monthly, including drip and recurring investments, and cash management, which more than 1.5 million people have, not to mention investors becoming more diverse. The number of women on Robinhood has nearly tripled this year, and women represent a higher percentage of our customer base than ever before. Not just Robinhood, stock ownership is younger and more diverse than when, when okay. we when Okay, we so I hear all these things you're doing, and I've got to, you know, what it seems like is it's at odds with what Massachusetts is saying. For instance, they think you're making, doing aggressive tactics to attract new people, Approximately 68% of the Massachusetts customers approved for options. Maybe they shouldn't have been to inexperience. They question your failure to implement policies and procedures to prevent and respond to outages. 70, they claim, from January 1 to January, uh, January 1 of this year to November 30th. And then, you know, the opposite of what you just said, they talk about gamification, um, which would seem to me at odds with the idea of education. So how do we deal with the what the state of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is saying versus all the good things you told us at the beginning that really, I think, make people uh, more confident, better investors, which is what we want to do and have money. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, I should mention we disagree with the allegations there. Um, and while I can't comment on the specific, uh, specific uh, matters with regulators, um, I think what's really important to understand is that we serve many different types of customers. And, you know, I've, I've been talking a lot with you about first-time investors and the tools we have and the education around first-time investors. But we also serve more experienced customers who are attracted to Robinhood because of our core value proposition. And moreover, you know, the company's been around for many years now. And customers that have started with us as first-time investors have also become more experienced. Um, and so we roll out things for, for first-time investors. We want to make sure we serve them. We also are focused on our most experienced customers. And one of the things we also announced today was uh, something very special just for them, which is lowering our margin rate from 5% to 2.5%, which really is uh, one of the most competitive and lowest rates in the industry. Um, and it just goes along with our mission. We started Robinhood with a mission to democratize finance for all. Big part of that is finding ways to pass more value back to our customers and right. get them better economics. We'd like to, to be a company that always gives customers a better deal as time goes on. Um, and and uh, we're very excited about doing that. Indeed. But to some degree, that's not all that responsive to the gamification comments not responsive to the 70 allergies that they charged last night. Your crypto was down at 8 p.m. And not responsive to the 68 percent of Massachusetts customers approved for options that maybe shouldn't have been. Now, I think all of these can be addressed. And I know you're against the complaint. But these are all things that I think if someone's trying to figure out where to open an account, they have to consider. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we, we listen to the feedback um, uh, and we've made, uh, as you know, lots of improvements to our options trading product, including adding features in-app uh, to make it uh, less needed for customers to enter a cumbersome support flow. So okay. features including in-app exercise, instant exercise. So I, I think that's all fair, and we're going to continue to invest in making our products 
the best possible products and the safest products they can be. We're committed to that absolutely top down. Um, but I think uh, we're talking about something a little bit different, which is, um, is, it, is it important for investing to be less scary, more accessible, more personal and easier to understand for, for the next generation? And we firmly believe it is. It's important for, um, for customers to have a simple experience that they understand that just works. And we're committed to operating a self-directed brokerage with right. integrity, transparency, and in compliance with, with all of the applicable laws and regulations. Including the, the, uh, the payment for order flow, which I did not know when I interviewed you, was at that point the largest source of revenue. Have you been able to make up that source of revenue without doing anything that necessarily makes it so your clients don't get the best trades? Yeah, so the, uh, I think the first thing to note there, um, the SEC settlement relates to historical practices that don't reflect Robinhood today. We've made a lot of changes ranging from staffing, you know, bringing on uh, our chief legal officer, Dan Gallagher, as well as two new chief compliance officers. And, and really, we aim to be best in class. We want to have not just the best product and technology team, but the best compliance and, and legal and regulatory teams as well. So we've taken a lot of major steps to ensure our compliance program is industry leading. And we've addressed, um, we've made improvements to the way we communicate uh, payment for order flow on our various revenue streams, including a new uh, section of the website where we give consumers statistics about execution quality on the platform. Okay. And I think ultimately that's what customers are really interested in. You know, they, they, might, they might be interested somewhat in Robinhood's revenue streams and right. how much revenue we're generating. But I think what they really want to see is what is the execution quality that I get from Robinhood? Right. And, and that's fair feedback. And now we, we provide that on our website and we're looking to make uh, enhancements as time goes on. Okay, so, but but all- Vlad, how do you be sure that you can protect your customers from themselves? I mean, it's entirely possible that some might think they're suitable to borrow a lot of money suitable to say to short, suitable to short options. What can you do to protect people from not doing things that could hurt them? Yeah, so uh, at, um, we are committed to operating uh, our self-directed brokerage um, in, in uh, the best way possible. Uh, ultimately, you know, we, uh, we're a self-directed platform, right. so Members are making their own decisions. Okay. We are committed to making the information and the educational content uh, as 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 useful as it could possibly be. And I do think it's working. You know, the learned visits and the number of customers that are engaging with that content on a monthly basis um, has seen really, really strong growth. And we'll continue to invest in that and, and make sure that um, we make that content even better and better, and we have all the tools that customers need to help them make informed decisions. Well, that's what we want from Robinhood most definitely. I want to thank you, Vlad, for coming on uh, and for the success of Robinhood. I'm glad you guys are doing as much education, and you've made many changes to the platform to improve the infrastructure. It's great to see you, sir. Thank you so much. Good to see you as well. Thank okay. you for, for having me. Sure. That's Vlad Tenev, CEO of Robinhood Markets, a private company that many people use in order to be able to invest in the markets. Stick with Kramer. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? 
In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. When the pandemic washed over us in the spring, we got an incredible rally in the great outdoor stocks. If you wanted to travel or even see your friends, COVID meant, well, the only way to do it was to go outside. But then this whole group peaked over the summer, even as the actual companies kept putting up great numbers. Take Kramer Faith Thor Industries, the maker of RVs and motorhomes. Earlier this month, Thor smashed through the estimates with a spectacular quarter, yet the stock did nothing. With the vaccines on the way, the great outdoors team went out of style on the Wall Street fashion show. Now, though, we're worried about the new COVID strain in the UK. So when Thor announced that it's buying Tiffin Motorhomes for $300 million today, the stock caught fire, rallying more than 4%. Can it keep running? Let's dig deep with Bob Martin, the president and CEO of Thor Industries, to learn more about his deal and his company's prospects. Mr. Martin, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you so much, Jim. Always great to be here. All right. So, Bob, there's a kind of a disconnect between what your company's doing and what the stock is doing. And I say that because it's been a very good progression of earnings. So I'm trying to figure out whether Tiffin is something that's necessary or should you have just bought back $300 million worth of stock? For us, we're always an opportunistic buyer. And Tiffin is one of these companies that is 48 years old, has an incredible brand. Uh, a great selection of product, but actually uh, the selection of products that have yet to come that we think we can help them develop. And it's also a change in the geography for us. We've had uh, you know, tight labor in northern Indiana, mm-hmm. and this puts us down in Alabama and Mississippi, where there could be much of area for expansion for us for many years to come. All right, so my wife loves lo- loves these. I mean, and she loves this Tiffin. She says when she sees them pass her or she passes one on the road, she imagines a family vacation. How many people can fit comfortably into a Tiffin and sleep in it? It all depends on the model. I mean, the, this one, the, the bigger Tiffins are made for typically older customers. And, you know, the couch that I'm on is a fold-out couch so they can bring the grandkids. They do make bottles with bunk beds and drop-down front bunks. So you can fit, you know, some are designed for two, but some can fit up to eight. So it really depends on, you know, what your lifestyle is and what you're looking for. But Tiffin is one of those premium brands that uh, when Mr. Tiffin called, we, we definitely had to talk no matter what. Well, it is, it's all on the website if you want to see. They're the big ones. The big ones you pass on the highway, the big, uh, gorgeous ones. And uh, they are uh, very special. So I can understand why you would do that. Now, let's talk about something that happened uh, in the quarter that was hard for me to understand. The temporary supply chain issues that you uh, uh, flag us on. What did they really mean and what did they do to the company? Really, it affected uh, us, but really everyone in the industry. And, you know, started earlier in the year with uh, some uh, short supply of air conditioners, and then we had some awnings, and then it kind of built as the industry has really tried to catch up and replenish dealer inventories this year. Uh, suppliers have struggled to catch up, 
But right now, as we go into the end of the year, we feel that our, our bigger suppliers are going to catch up uh, at right about year end. And going into the spring, probably the first quarter will be cleaned up. But it, it's a lot of things that are even linked to housing. There were just macro shortages for everyone. Uh, but we do feel that uh, we're going to be caught up by that first quarter and ready to produce in sync as we go into the spring. There are some people who believe that uh, there's going to be a change, obviously, get the vaccine. And others who just tell me, look, it's just it's changed. The view on your various and you have every single size of motorhome, you want to call it RVs. Uh, they are just not they're secular now that people, different age groups, uh, uh Different um, races, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, really we're talking about a, 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 a whole new group of people who are in it. Uh, you know, Jim, different, different I, go back to, I, I go back to when you and I first talked uh, on Wall Street several years ago, and you, you really coined us as a secular growth company. And we have been really trying to reach that younger demographic because the millennial group is bigger than the boomer group. And then also we're trying to reach, uh, you know, every diverse type of person out there, everyone loves to enjoy the outdoors and we're providing the, the safe mode to do that. And so for us, we do feel this is more of a, a secular growth that has really just been sped up. Uh, it was always there. It was always part of the story. And we've got a lot of new younger customers this year, but I look back at the customer that already owned an RV and when the pandemic hit, they were really glad that they did. And, and we're seeing some of those customers trading in because it's real, just reaffirmed the lifestyle for them. And so you add that with new buyers, with uh, a lot of attention the industry is getting, and it, it does bode well for long-term trends for Thor and the rest of the industry. Well, I'm looking at uh, your inventory position. Uh, 99,000 at the end of uh, October of last, of uh, 2016, uh, 2018, 131,000, now 60,000. Is that really, do you have enough to satisfy demand? Actually, really, right now, no. I mean, no. depending on you know some of some of our lines, uh, you know, Airstream, that iconic riveted trailer that I know you love. Uh, I've had too many dealers to call and, and just tell me that Bob, I'm down to just a few units, and we're very fortunate that we built a uh, enormous facility for them two years ago, uh, and we will make that up. But right now, the dealer inventory and the backlogs are the real story. Uh, dealers need inventory. They don't like to sell from an empty shelf. And right now, we're we're all playing catch up for several months going into next year, and then it's it's replenishment and going back into the growth. So right now, it, it is an issue for many, and I, I get a lot of phone calls from my my dealers that I cherish, uh, and we're we're trying to really push and get production to where they can have stock. But at the same time, it's important to try to keep control of it. Let's say that. Johnson Johnson unleashes a billion vaccines and people just suddenly say, you know what, I'm going back to hotels. You can't produce. You, right. you, you, there is an issue. You can't overproduce in your business. We can. And, and we, we've, we've done it before as an industry. And I think uh, we, we've learned from it. And right now, uh, you know, with supply chain being a little uh, tight, it's, it's really it's been a governor for us as well. So we'll watch inventory. We'll watch age of inventory. And it's something that we learned from. Uh, you know, dips in the past. And, you know, for us, we, we, we're in a great spot coming into this year with our dealers inventory. We, we held back production last year just intentionally so we didn't overbuild. And right. show season hit January, February. Uh, dealers are having great shows. And then uh, COVID hits. Got it. Uh, shut down, but then it took off. But so we, we have done a much better job 
uh, managing our inventories. And, and Tiffin did the same thing. We, we've watched, um, you know, their inventories, they, they, they never elevate too much. And right now they're, they're substantially too low, but there's, there is probably a happy medium, but that, it's, that's a pretty big number still for us. Well, excellent, brother. I think that's a great acquisition. Fills out the whole entire product line uh, of which if you go to the website, you'll see they have everything now that you could possibly want. Bob Martin, the president and CEO of Thor Industries, THO. Good to see you, sir. Thank you. See you, Jim. All right. Mad Money is back after the break. We're coming to the end of an era at Agco, the big farm equipment maker, with longtime chairman CEO Martin Rieschenhagen hanging up his spurs at the end of the year. Mr. Rieschenhagen has been a longtime Mad Money favorite, and with each visit, he never fails to deliver. Big and big. <laughs> I mean, really big. Check out the size of these tractors. This is a stock that's given you a nearly 440% return since he took over in 2004. The S&P is only up 230% since that same period. Even better, he's living on a high note. At the beginning of November, Agco reported a blog quarter, just an enormous beat and raise. We've got a fabulous bull market in all things agriculture right now, so it's no wonder the stock keeps powering higher. Can it keep up this momentum? Let's take a closer look with Martin Rieschenhagen. He's the outgoing chairman and CEO of Agco as he prepares to pass the reins to his chief operating officer. Mr. Rieschenhagen, welcome back to Mad Money. Congratulations on a tremendous run. Thank you very much. I'm a little proud, I have to say. Well, you know, uh, I have to tell you, Martin, that uh, it's a little wistful because you've done a great job. And one of the things I most admire about you was that when you first came on the show, you said your stock was way too cheap uh, and you bought back stock and bought back stock. At one point, you had 94 million shares in 2014 and you now have 75 million and, and you were dead right. And most of the people who follow you and talk about you were dead wrong. How, was that faith in yourself, faith in Agco, faith in the uh, farm equipment market? How did you know? Well, actually, I believe in management by objectives. And we uh, basically developed a very good strategy. We implemented the strategy. We have the right products. We have the right manufacturing platform. We have the right people. We have the right culture. And I think uh, the funny thing is you always have those discussions around splitting chairman and CEO positions. I'm a chairman and CEO I've ever been, and the performance couldn't be better. Isn't that true? Well, that's what there is a look there. Your largest shareholder at TAFE, it's a a tractor of farm equipment. I was surprised that they were um, making suggestions, uh, given the fact that you outperformed everybody. I mean, shouldn't we go after the people who underperformed? Yes, exactly. But what she did, uh, she's on our board. And what she did, she helped us to modernize our corporate governance. So we have new directors, we have new committee shares, we have introduced rotation of shares, we have a lower age limit. So we did a lot of good things she, uh, she came forward with. Uh, we also modernized our compens- compensation, so ex- executive compen- compensation at ECHO now is state of the art. And I hope that uh, she will come to peace and maybe uh, understand that this is a rock-solid company and that also my successor, who has been elected chairman and CEO, is very strong and will be very strong in that role. Excellent. Now, speaking of modernizing, uh, you have uh, said over and over again there's an aging fleet around the globe. Now, uh, there still is an aging fleet in North America. 
Why? How can farmers uh, continue to use old equipment and expect to have the yields that are the correct ones for their business? Yeah, I think they have the wrong mindset. They have to look at total cost of ownership, repairs, parts, fuel consumption, things like that. And so uh, I think it would be a great idea. Some of the European uh, countries, starting in Italy, they came in with, instead of subsidies, they came in with what they called scrapping laws. And so when you decided to scrap a piece of equipment and replace it by new technology, uh, you did get lower interest rates. And I think interest rates now are, of course, very low in general. But I think the U.S. might look into something like that also in the future. Right. What is the impact of COVID on manufacturing and COVID on sales? Well, overall, I think we did do comparable well. We uh, lost quite some uh, capacity in uh, April, uh, mainly in countries like Italy, Germany, uh, Finland and France, where we were forced to close down our factories. Here in the United States, we could produce ad capacities. And fortunately, in Europe, we were in a position to catch up. So we changed some of our factories into a two-shift system, and we could spread basically uh, the products at the production at the assembly line and make sure that people keep distance. We don't have many cases in the factories, and the guys who did get infected uh, got it by skiing in Italy or things like that. All right. So, Martin, uh, we have a new president coming to the United States. Uh, I think you would say he's more of a free trader than uh, the current president. What does it mean for Agco uh, to have a president who pretty much embraces the way President Obama was uh, versus uh, President Trump? It's a, a very America first that may not necessarily be that good for Agco. Well, first of all, business likes predictability. So we want to know a little bit more in the long run uh, what the plan is, and then we can adjust for, for everything more or less. And of course, a company like us, but also our peers like free trade. So it's not only about product because we manufacture product where the customers are, where the markets are, right. but it's about of, uh, the components. So when you have platform solutions, which is basically a very important uh, strategy for us. We, we are a multi-brand company, but we share components, and they come from all over the world. And if now unpredictable sanctions come in, that's always difficult. And what are you going to do, Martin? You're still a young well, man. Well, I'm on the board of two super companies. One is PPG in Pittsburgh. You know them very of well. Of course, they're great. Uh, and the the other one is a very exciting merger between Prexair of uh, America and Lindy of Germany. The company now is called Lindy, managed by Steve Angel, a true American. And I'm very excited, excited to be on their boards. And I'm the chairman of a Washington-based uh, think tank of Hopkins University with a very complicated name. American Institute of Contemporary German Studies. So we want to be uh, uh, helpful, uh, and we want to advise media, politicians, and business That's on the German-American relationship. Excellent. I hope you tell Steve that we love what he's doing with hydrogen. Hydrogen energy I is will, something yes. you could do, Martin. You know that better than anyone. Yeah, they are basically the best when yes. it comes to hydrogen, and they started already very, very uh, early. 
All right, Martin, congratulations on everything you did for shareholders. We wish you the best of luck in those three new positions that I'm sure are going to be the way you do it full time. Martin Rishinagin, Chairman, President, and CEO of Agco. Great to see you, sir. They have money to be back after the break. It is time. It's time for the light round. Click this up. Raffles want to see the bottom. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Skeet dead over the lightning round. Let's start with uh, Cameron in Illinois. Cameron. Yeah, hi, Jim. This is uh, his father, Burhan Malik. Uh, I'm your biggest fan. Just turned 50. I'm watching you half of my life. Oh, and wow. here's Cameron. <laughs> Booyah, Jim. How Booyah. you today? Booyah. What's up, my buddy? That's awesome. I'm from Illinois. I'm a 17-year-old year old investor. I'm learning pretty fast, though. So I bought in at a stock at $22, and now it's sitting at around 10 bucks. What do you think I should do? The stock is Chimera Investment, ticker CIM. Okay, CIM is not a stock that I've been recommending. Uh, it's got that big yield, but that doesn't necessarily, obviously, protect you. I would like you to be in something much more aggressive, Cameron. You're 17. Uh, if you buy something, a very high growth stock, you know, we talk about the NVIDIA, it's a snowflake. If you bought a snowflake, I would think it's much better. And, and buy with, you know, you go with Slootman, I would sell that one and buy a much more supercharged Airbnb, too. Let's go to Cody in New York. Cody. Hey, Jim. Cody. Hey, appreciate to speak to you, man. <laughs> Good to have you on the show. What's going on? Oh, man, if I was able to put you at a round table, hey, my top three, I got to say, just so you know, I'm only 29 years old and I do this. Yeah. Hey, Bill Gates, Charlie Munger, and Warren Buffett, and I wouldn't go to that table without Jim Cramer. No, no, those are, I, that's very kind. That's a nice pantheon. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, I, would, I wouldn't go to that meeting without you, just so you know. Let's, All right. let's get to business. All right, fair enough. So hey, let's make money together. What uh, do we got? Uh, ticker, ticker symbol, uh, ZS. What are we on? Come on, Jim. Oh, my. Z-scaler. You know what? I genuinely believe that if, the, that if that hack that happened, if it had been up against Z-scaler and Okta, then the Russians would have met their match. And that's my takeaway. I like that stock. I like Jay. By the way, how great. Can we just say, how great is that Cloudflare? I mean, how terrific was Cloudflare uh, with, with Matt Prince? He's a prince of a guy. Ha! Langston, Pennsylvania. Langston. Boy, Jim. Philly born and raised. Go Birds. Go. I'm well, a yeah. team. And when they, I watch the show daily now for advice, so thank you. Okay, I you're to welcome. Talk about on semiconductor. It's up over 50 Oh, all of that is just a terrific little semiconductor. Not that little anymore. But that's a great company. I think you're in good, good hands with on semiconductors. Finally really got its mojo. Craig in Nevada. Craig. Jim, booyah. First time caller, long time listener okay. from Vegas. What's going on, brother? Not much. Doing the show, you know, hanging out. What's going on with you? Not much, man. Wanted to get your insight on co-diagnostics, uh, ticker COD. I like the diagnostics, but remember, I always default when I do diagnostics to Thermo Fisher. Now, that this is more reagent kind. I think you're in fine hands, but Thermo is such a great company. Really, really love what they're doing. Let's go to Corey in Minnesota. Corey. Jimmy C. Hey, a little shout out in Finnish of your show is Hula Raha, because everybody wants a little more Raha in their pocket. 
No, that's true. I mean, my daughter lives in Spain. They like a lot of Raja there, like the Euros, <laughs> you know? Just like the Euros. Hey, I got a question for you. Uh, steel production is down. Demand is going up. The, the stock ticker, U.S. Steel, is X. Well, hundred. Yeah, but if that's the case, uh, if that's the case, you want to own new core. Because you get the yield, you get the balance sheet, you get the no-loss philosophy, no-layoff philosophy, and then you got a great company. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Look, everybody wants to talk about the $600 checks and the long-awaited stimulus deal. But honestly, you know what? That is the least important part. What really matters? If you lose your job, you're getting $300 per week of expanded unemployment insurance through March. If you're a struggling small business, the Paycheck Protection Program is back. Meanwhile, the airlines are getting a much-needed cash infusion, more important than ever now that we have this new strain of COVID putting more pressure on air travel. We've got $69 billion for vaccine distribution, at least $20 billion for testing and contact tracing. That's fabulous. We're extending the freeze on evictions. We need that. Finally, our leaders actually did a good job of addressing the unique problems faced by the decimated restaurant industry. Unfortunately, tons of restaurants went under while Congress spent months wrangling over this bill. But it's got the right idea. Now, let's circle back to the 600, not to be confused with Tennyson's Charge of the Light Brigade, the 600 who rode into the Valley of Death. Most Americans are not the Light Brigade. We don't have cannon to the right of us, cannon to the left of us, cannon in front of us. That's fine, though. As I said repeatedly this spring, it's impossible for the government to go too big on this stuff. Even though the economy's been improving and people are finally getting vaccinated, the pandemic's also taken a horrifying turn for the worse. It's so hard to read the papers, isn't it? There's no harm in throwing money at people when interest rates are this low, especially since the 600 is only for those making less than 75 grand a year. That said, like we saw with the $1,200 checks in the spring, it means a lot of people are about to get a decent chunk of discretionary income. In terms of helping those in need, the extra unemployment insurance is a much bigger deal. But in terms of the stock market, sending $600 checks to 88% of the country is going to have an impact. It will. And that's what this show is about. I'm always talking to younger people about stocks. And you know what? Until the $1,200 relief checks in the spring, only a small handful of them are even interested in stocks. The stimulus payments, plus, of course, the no commissions, brought a whole new wave of new investors. I bet the sex round of checks could do the same. I bet the ranks of Robinhood swell even bigger in the next few months. That's good news. When you start investing at a young age, you can rack up some huge gains over the years. If you want to generate real wealth, the stock market's much more efficient than collecting paychecks. Plus, young people seem almost shockingly adept at stock picking, something we've seen over and over and over again. They sure know how to do research. They've, they just have figured it out, people. With sports betting in abeyance, the stock market was always the best, also the best way to gamble. Hey, gamblers, they get the bug, so to speak. Oh, come on, it's not a shame to talk about. They do a lot of research, relying less on brokerage info, more on what they've learned themselves, and I encourage that. If I, look, if I were a dictator, I probably would have put more money into unemployment insurance and less into universal payments. But I'm not going to quibble. $300 per week of extra jobless benefits is a big deal. As for the 600 if you're not living in paycheck to paycheck, and I know many of you are, I urge you to plow that money into the stock market. If you're young, you can afford to take some additional risk. Got your whole life ahead of you to make back any losses. I don't recommend day trading. I don't like options trading for most of you unless you've done a lot of homework. Even then, if you're going to mess around with options, you should try to play it safe. That means only using deep in the money calls as a proxy. Please, no shorting of calls. Too risky. Unlimited losses. I'm not against index funds. There's a place for them in your retirement portfolio. But, man, when you get that $600 windfall from Uncle Sam, and I know you're watching the show, why not give stopping a chance? I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now.
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.